On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dee Dee Keel, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff here, back for another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is episode 212. I'm calling this Drummers, Who's Left? Um, walking around the other day, I thought, you know what? Of all the positions in these rock bands, bass, guitar, keyboard, singers, even singers, right? Um, you know, quite Quite, quite odd and surprising. Uh, maybe this holds up, maybe it doesn't, but I got to thinking that um, drummer seems to be the most decimated uh, position in terms of, you know, old saws from the 60s and 70s still being around. Uh, you know, Bill Bruford was a famous, famous um, you know, one of the few people who came out as an individual, you know, not a band or whatever, and said, hey, I'm retiring. Um, you know, that was that was like big news at one point. Um, it, it, kind of interesting uh, how, how these things happen. It takes takes one to start uh, in terms of saying this kind of thing. But no, so the, the idea with the drummers is that I started going down the list and noticed that, you know, in terms of being in a in a big position and, you know, a big band, big stages, playing actively, active touring, uh, it seems to be uh, that there are more drummers that have fallen by the wayside due to uh, retirement uh, and injury. I'm going to get into that in a second. And death. Uh, you know, there's a lot of deaths in drummers. Um, and uh, yeah, I, again, debatable. I mean, uh, you know, go to the Facebook page, tell me if this holds up, but uh, I'm going to try to make the case here, but um, I found it surprising that there are more singers who are struggling to keep going than there are drummers who struggle to keep going, and again, that might be uh, something to do with the injuries, which again, I'm going to get to in a second, but uh, I want to start with some drummer jokes that sort of tell you what people think of drummers, and maybe maybe there's something in here of why they succumb to substance abuse uh, as well, and untimely death, but... Uh, so, uh, how do you tell if the stage is level? The drummer is drooling from both sides of his mouth. How can you tell a drummer's at the door? The knocking speeds up. What's the last thing a drummer says in a band? Hey, how about we try one of my songs? Um, what do you call a drummer that breaks up with his girlfriend? Homeless. How many drummers does it take to change a light bulb? Five. One to screw the bulb in and four to talk about how much better Neil Peart could have done it. Uh, how do you get a drummer off your porch? Pay him ten bucks for the pizza. What do you call a drummer with half a brain? Gifted. What does a drummer use for contraception? His personality. What do you say to a drummer in a three-piece suit? Will the defendant please rise? Uh, how did you hear about the drummer who finished... Uh, hey, did you hear about the drummer who finished high school? Me neither. Why do guitarists put drumsticks on the dash of their cars so they can park in the handicap spot? How is a drum solo like a sneeze? You know it's coming, but there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, what is the difference between a drummer and a savings bond? One will mature and make money. 
Um, what did the drummer say to the band leader? Do you want me to play too fast or too slow? Um, so yeah, it gives you a little insight into the drummer's personality, what people think of them. I mean, obviously drummers are the ones who, you know, drum drum notation music is is quite a, a vibrant and cool and interesting thing. Um, but yeah, the funny thing about, about uh, drums, I guess, uh, you know, as opposed to everything else is, is everything's, uh, everything's one line. There's, there's not different notes, um, notes in terms of, uh, you know, scale notes, up and down notes. But, uh, but yeah, you look at drum notation, you got to put in the hi-hat, the cymbal, and the toms and the snare and the bass drum and all that stuff um so they've got that going for it that makes it kind of interesting but uh but yeah so so a reason we may see this um repetitive strain strain injuries so a lot of these guys that we talk about uh, with the drummers and why there aren't a lot of them around is because there is a lot of strain on drumming. I mean, it starts, uh, you know, as a kid, hauling your own gear, throwing it in the back of the uh, the, uh, the the Pinto or AMC Pacer hatchback, uh, you know, or, or the or the small or large station wagon or or the van. You know, no, no, uh, no roadie is there to pack up your drums to take them to where you're going when you start out. And probably no one's going to help you at the other end either because they're too busy with their own thing. So, so yeah, it's, it starts there. You have the most stuff to haul around. Um, but yeah, you've got, there's lots of tendonitis, carpal tunnel syndrome. There's a lot of bursitis. And again, this is all from repeated motion. I mean, guitarists and bass players have to deal with this, this stuff too. Bass players, the funny thing about bass players is, is they say, you know, they end up with fingers like walnuts, right? Um, back and spine issues. You got a lot of, a lot of herniated discs going on with drummers, spinal misalignment, um, well, hearing loss, t- tinnitus, you know, that happens with everybody, but drummers definitely, I mean, you're, you're literally sitting in a, at an acoustic instrument that's loud and you don't have a lot of control over it. Um, I guess you can put in earplugs, but, um, shoulder and rotator cuff injuries, a lot of those going on wrist and elbow issues. Um, you know, rim shots, fast movement, you know, just like anything, like, like the singers that last, the drummers that last have good technique. Um, you know, I often think there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, and this will cause its own strange, but strains, but, um, uh, traditional grip versus matched grip. I think matched grip is uh, causes uh, a drummer to have way more motion and way more exertion to what's going on. Uh, but yeah, there's there's even just just simple, stupid, boring little repetitive strain things like uh, like having to play fast eighth and sixteenth notes on a hi hat or whatever a, a lot, right? Um, but uh, foot and ankle injuries due to do the bass drum pedal work uh, as well. Um, so you get Achilles tendonitis. Um, plantar fasciitis, um, knee and joint problems, uh, neck, and we, we talked about neck, poor posture is a big thing. You know, I, I think of, I, I, I picture Alex, uh, uh, Alex Van Halen in his neck brace, right? Drumming away, um, hand and fingers, hand and fingers, uh, stuff as well. And, uh, and of course, uh, as might have been, uh, you know, evidenced or telegraphed by those jokes, a lot of substance abuse, um, addiction issues as well. Um, but yeah, so you get a lot of that going and just some examples, um, you know, to, to, to start building this case. I mean, I know we haven't played anything yet, but, uh, Phil Collins, you, you look at how, how worn down he is, right? That whole situation where he's singing from a chair and not drumming anymore. Uh, Joey Kramer has been semi, you know, he's, is essentially bounced out of Aerosmith. Um, you know, not a 70s guy, but Lars Ulrich has had a lot of tendonitis and stuff as well. Bill Ward is an interesting case. Um, you know, he he basically couldn't return to Sabbath. Um, 
because of his health problems, heart issues, so so stamina issues. Uh, and, and it's interesting. Bill Ward reminds me a little bit of an Albert Bouchard, who Albert Bouchard, by the way, you know, very advanced in age, and he's still, he's still drumming away and making those albums. But Bill Ward and Albert Bouchard um, did this kind of cool thing where they became more so singers and writers and making albums that way. So, so some of these drummers do adapt that way. Uh, but Ter- Terry Bozio has had hand, hand injuries and nerve damage, Mickey Hart, shoulder injury. Stuart Copeland's had his fair share of things. Neil Peart, sadly, we lost him uh, to cancer, but he had chronic tendinitis. He was having a lot of pain as well. You know, you think of the Peter Chris situation and, you know, you know, Kiss likes to put it down to substance abuse, but basically his body, I think, has been kind of worn down by drumming too. And and like I say, Alex Van Halen as well. So um, I'm going to give a few more uh, examples, honor, honorary uh, mentions, you know, people who are dead as well. But let's celebrate some of these good ones. Let's play... Uh, let's play uh, our first track here. This is White Snake with Trouble Is Your Middle Name. All right, so this is a celebration. We were looking for them because, of course, our title is Drummers, Who's Left? Uh, Tommy Aldridge is left, but uh, there's been a lot of rumblings lately. I mean, they had to, Whitesnake had to cancel out some touring. The last time they played was 2022, and there's been some mysterious stuff about, you know, Tommy being ill. Um, You know, David's been ill as well, but... um, so there's some sort, sadly, some sort of, uh, you know, severe illness with Tommy. Uh, but 72 years old, this is from the Flesh and Blood album, the 13th album from Whitesnake, May 10th, 2019. Still drumming up a storm. The neat thing about Tommy and, you know, you interview him and you get into this about eating right and cycling. And, you know, he's he's just this athletic, wiry guy. He looks young for his age. Um, so it's pretty cool that he's had this long career. You know, he's a 70s guy, uh, so he's, you know, Black Oak, Arkansas, and into the Pat Travers band. And oddly, in this spot, I was almost going to put Nico McBrain, because, um, you know, Nico certainly has had a... uh, well, you know, White Snake has really had a, a a pretty heavy dance card, and uh, and it's pretty uh, heavy duty drumming uh, that Tommy has to do. So Nico and Tommy kind of kind of in parallel. Um, but it's interesting that Nico also, uh, you know, had his tenure through the Pat Travers band uh, in the 70s leading up to his gig. And then it's kind of interesting that in the early 80s, you had Tommy Aldridge uh, drumming. You know, I guess, am I getting into a doppelganger episode here? Not really, but just uh, just to call this a mini one. But, uh, you know, in the early 80s, Tommy is drumming for Ozzy Osbourne and um, Nico McBrain is drumming for Iron Maiden. So these two competing bands at roughly the same level uh, at that point. Um, and then, well, I guess Ozzy is the bigger band, but uh, but yeah, and then both of them settle into, you know, a big storied heritage act later on. You know, Nico, obviously, I've already said he's in Maiden, but he's in Maiden, and, uh, and um, you know, uh, Tommy Tommy winds up in the super famous version of White Snake, and then he's he's like the 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 second legitimate reason for there being a White Snake um, in terms of you know pedigree of lineup along with David in in later years, and then he's had a lot of side things along the way. Gary Moore, uh, Motorhead, he's, he he uh, played. 
on a Motorhead album. Uh, so yeah, so so this is a guy that uh, that we should celebrate as one of the uh, 70s guys going. But yeah, this this album, yeah, you look at it, Red Beach is in there, but basically it's David and Tommy and a, and a bunch of younger guys. Uh, but yeah, so best uh, best hopes for uh, for Tommy. We'll see uh, we'll see what's going on there. Whether Whitesnake continues to tour, but this brings up the point uh, that um, you know David Coverdale is definitely an example, sadly, of one of these singers who who's in in a pretty fragile state with his voice. Um, but uh, like I say, it's kind of interesting that more drummers, it seems to me, have fallen by the wayside than than singers. Um, anyways, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Oh. 
American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back again here. History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 212, Drummers. Who's left? Um, I thought this is a great example. Take a listen to this. This is the Beatles with Birthday. Right, so Ringo is uh, 83 years old. Um, this is from uh, the Great White Album, November 22nd, 68. That's probably the best immersion box set that I own is that White Album box set. Wow, incredible. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd pick this because over the years and later years, you know, uh, there was a situation, where's my note here? Uh, you know, at, at, at one kind of cool time, um, Paul McCartney and Ringo performed Birthday for Star's uh, 70th birthday at Radio City Music Hall on June 7th, 2010. And, you know, years later, Ringo is still doing things. And Ringo is kind of an example, a little bit of uh, someone who's figured out something new to add to the thing to keep this whole thing going, like a like a Bill Ward or an Albert Bouchard. But Ringo has Ringo's All-Stars, right? My, my fond Ringo stories, I did get to ans- ask him a question once because I went to a press conference uh, and a and a performance at uh, uh, Casino Rama north of Toronto, and uh, and yeah, it was Ringo Starr's All Stars. So yeah, he he does this thing where he's behind the kit, not behind the kit, and he's got this band going. So it's pretty amazing. And plus, you know, the stuff he went through with substance abuse is amazing. He almost died, but yeah, eighty three years old. This is obviously the biggest band in the world, and he's a great example. He looks young for his age. Um, but yeah, I got to ask him a question there. That's when I got to meet in person also um, uh, Ian Hunter, Greg Lake. It was very cool. Uh, it was it was a, a Roger Hodgson. Um, got a few things signed, not by Ringo. Um, you know, they, they, they explicitly put him aside and said, don't ask Ringo to sign anything sort of thing. But yeah, got to ask him a question. Um, but yeah, so this, uh, this song I wanted to pick as well because um, it is some pretty powerful drumming. It's funny, you got to look up the Beatles songs to make sure you don't pick something Paul McCartney drummed on, right? Um, but yeah, this I, I love this part that I played from this as well because it's drumming on its own and then is drumming on a on a very heavy part uh, for the, for the Beatles, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, it's uh, kudos to uh, to Ringo for uh, for lasting as long he, as he has as a drummer. He's got to be our number one best elder state, statesman of this. And I wanted to mention as well, you know, uh, part of this, uh, you know, it's 
we we lost Charlie Watts, but Charlie Watts definitely went late as well. And, uh, you know, it brings up a point about economical drumming or drumming that doesn't have to, you know, exert yourself so much. And, you know, Ringo Starr kind of fits in that as well. But so did, uh, so did Charlie Watts. I would say, you know, he had that standard jazz technique. He was not a very animated drummer. Um, so some of that, you know, I, I, I think of Mick Fleetwood lasting and, and possibly Mick Fleetwood has a pretty easy job in Fleetwood Mac. Am I right about that? I don't know. Um, but uh, but anyways, I wanted to pay tribute as well to uh, Mick Avery from the Kinks, although the Kinks is not a band you think of when you uh, when you think of uh, drumming, uh, particularly. They always, or often, not always, but some of those 80s albums, they have a terrible, terrible drum sound on those albums. Anyways, it it's pretty cool that that you know along with uh, the the obstinance of the brothers not uh, not having the kinks uh Mick Avery uh spent some time in the 90s in uh, in Dave Clark's band um what else did he do the cast off kinks um let's see the animals class of 84 so he's he's gone along and played the 60s all-stars band uh later in life so in, in you know deep into the 2000s mick avery was still playing um i don't know what he's doing now but yeah he's still with us 79 years old uh so that's pretty cool so that kind of takes care of your uh well let's let's finish it off the who right you know the who we lost uh we lost keith moon to substance abuse a long long time ago right was it 1978 I believe um so yeah that's a that's a case of that and uh you know not not exactly in that camp but of course there's John Bonham again we lost him super early as well um so yeah more more of that to come more death to come later in this episode uh but let's play our third selection here take a listen to this this is Pink Floyd with Remember a Day <laughs> All right, so this is a fond recent memory, but uh, yes, um, let's salute uh, Nick Mason, uh, Saucer Full of Secrets. So this is from A Saucer Full of Secrets, but um, Nick Mason, obviously uh, in this great tour that was associated with Pantheon Podcast recently. Uh, so Nick Mason's done this really cool second uh, second life career, put together this amazing band, you know, super slick band, beautiful sounding, and they go out and play the super early uh, Pink Floyd. But uh, Nick Mason, you know, this is this is from June 28th, 1968, this song, uh, and I wanted to pick something with a little bit of drumming. But, you know, having seen A Saucer Full of Secrets, Okay, put it this way, actually. So, so Nick Mason's job up there as a drummer, technically speaking, is not very tough at all. And and you can tell his age, and he he's he's not the most he's not the most energetic drummer in the in the world. But um, watching that show, you realize that that. Um, I would say 69% of Nick's brain power up there has to be spent on remembering all this stuff. That's the incredible thing with the, with the songs that the Saucer Full of Secrets play. Um, there's there's a lot of songs number one there's a lot of long songs there's a lot of parts there's a lot of counting what's going to go on so uh it's proggy in that sense uh there's the big debate on whether pink floyd's a prog band but really cool so and and he's also got to um you know at his advanced age he's he's got to be kind of the leader of this band he comes out and talks and and he's essentially the the band leader um 
although he's got a, you know a crack team of musical directors that make this such a such a compelling show um, but it's it's really cool that he's found a way uh, when there when there essentially is no Pink Floyd uh, to do something really really vibrant and in- interesting I, I would argue it might even be well it's uh, no I mean I would say David Gilmore because he is writing originals um, I would say that you'd have to put that in second place I think Roger Waters is doing an amazing thing so Nick's in third out of the uh, three surviving members but it's still amazing right so so fact is actually all three of them are doing something really really cool um all right let's take a listen to our fourth selection here uh this is queen with fat bottomed girls All right, well, hey, this is the second week in a row we played something from Queen Jazz. Uh, we had a different reason last time. Last episode, what is uh, what's the point of this band? Uh, but this is uh, this is again from Jazz. Uh, we played fun at last time. This is November tenth, nineteen seventy-eight. Um, what I love about this uh, situation is that. Roger Taylor also has to sing, um, and what I, why I wanted to play this song is I just love the drum sound on this album, and certainly, uh, you know, most definitely on this song, and uh, I love the fills, um, I love the snare drum, I love the cymbal sound, the toms, the tuned ploipy uh, toms, uh, the kind of overdrive thing he does, the over-the-top thing he does, um, but... I definitely wanted to include him here because uh, much as I loathe the whole situation of Queen being a tribute band to themselves with Adam Lambert, and I'm really ticked off that they never made more albums, they don't write originals, uh, fact of the matter is, They've toured a lot. Okay, okay, they did the album with Paul Rogers. Uh, they they toured a lot, and Roger has quite a job up there. I mean, uh, Queen songs are are pretty you know demanding quite often, and and literally as I'm speaking right now, I mean they've got they've got tour dates lined up in the future for October and November of 2023. So these guys are still going. Um, one guy I wanted to put in here, I almost put in here in his place instead um, because I didn't want to repeat Queen. But hey, who who doesn't want to listen to Queen, right? Uh, I almost put in Frank Beard um, because again, there's a situation where ZZ Top. I mean, this guy's been the you know that that band was the same three guys forever. Um, all, obviously, we've got Elwood in there uh, because Dusty Beard. Uh, sorry. Um, Dusty Hill has passed on. Um, but, um, so Frank is still the drummer in that band. Let's not talk about the albums where he wasn't even drumming on. Let's uh, leave that aside. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, you go see ZZ Top and Frank is still the guy up there. He's definitely showing his age too, though. Um, it reminds me a little bit of when, you know, I saw Yes um, near the end there with Alan White. I mean, Alan White, obviously, sadly, we've lost him too. That's another death. Um, but Frank Beard is definitely showing his age he's he's slowing down he's simplified things uh, a fair bit but uh, still you know kudos to him for being in ZZ Top and ZZ Top doing so much touring the amount of touring that they've done and the amount of records they've done so he was almost in there uh, in place as well all right let's move on to our fifth selection here take a listen to this this is Deep Purple with One Night in Vegas Choose your bottom. 
right, so this is my favorite example of all of these. Ian Pace. So Ian Pace starts in the late 60s, you know, on records with Deep Purple. I mean, he's already exerting himself, playing cool, complicated stuff during that uh, that horrible Mark I version of Deep Purple. Uh, And then he's just one of the classic great drummers of classic hard rock through your In Rocks and Machine Heads and Fireball. You know, you think of that awesome thing that he does at the beginning of Fireball. Incredible drummer, a drummer with a light touch, a jazzy touch. This is from Infinite, which is their 20th album, April 7th, 2017. Uh, but yeah, as I speak here, they're playing dates right now in Eastern Europe. So Ian Pace uh, is uh, is probably one of the guys in here that, that I dare say has maybe worked the most. Who do we got here? So we got Roger Taylor. He's definitely worked more than Roger Taylor. I think he's worked more than Nick Mason. Um it's definitely worked more than the, you know, he's drummed more and, and hit the drums more, way more than Ringo Starr, I would say. And um, yeah, Tommy Aldridge might give him a run for his money in terms of uh, how much, how, how many hours he's put in at the office. But um, Ian Pace is a great example of uh, of a guy that uh, that is... Uh, is a force of nature, a machine. He's a great drummer. Um, again, a light touch guy. We often compare him to the likes of Brian Downey, who uh, you know had to beg off, had to uh, resign, essentially retire um, from Black Star Riders, uh, and you know slash Thin Lizzy. Um, so there's an example of of a drummer basically bowing out, falling by the wayside, but not you know not not from death. Um, and Mick Tucker, who did have to bow out from death um well you know actually he he bowed out more or less quite a bit earlier than that but uh or or you know i mean you know the workload went down but yeah we lost mick tucker as well so there's another another casualty but uh yeah ian pace is a, is uh is my favorite example of uh, of all of these i wanted to mention a few honorable mentions guys that almost made my list but it is called history in five songs um We've got Roger Earl, uh, 77 years old, still giving her for Foghat. So that's really cool to see. And uh, and he's got a pretty busy job up there. And Foghat are not particularly a bar band. They're more of a they're more of a, you know, play outdoor festival kind of band. So um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty heavy duty job he's got up there still. So that's pretty cool. Carmen Apice, on the other hand, um, I just saw him live not very long ago. Um but uh, with Vanilla Fudge, and they're and they're essentially, you know, there, there's a guy who also is a force of nature. He's been around for a long time. He's still a powerful drummer, you know. And at the same time, I want to mention Vinnie Apice. Um, you know, you you I I guess you can include him as a '70s drummer, I suppose. Um, you think of uh, Axis and Bruiser, Axis, yeah, that's what they're called. Uh, but mostly Derringer, of course. Um, you know, on the on the Derringer album, Derringer Live, Sweet Evil. Um, you know, that's where he he basically staked his reputation. Uh, of, of course, then into Black Sabbath as well. But yeah, Vinny's uh, Vinny's in fine fettle, and so is Carmine, which is pretty cool. I mentioned Mick Fleetwood earlier. Mickey Hart, seventy nine years old. Um, you know, he's still doing stuff. Don Henley, um, I know I've always complained about Don Henley as a drummer, but uh, still active. Herman Rarebell's an interesting case. He also is a guy who um, who kind of took it upon himself when he stopped being the drummer for Scorpions to be a type of band leader, type of historian, um, but yeah, still in, in pretty good health. Um, Terry Bozio, uh, although like I say, he's had his problems as well. Ainsley Dunbar, 77 years old. Simon Kirk. Don Brewer and Phil Ehart, kind of interesting situations where where both of those guys are drummer leaders of bands, 
Uh, that's pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, Phil Rudd, um, who thought uh, after his troubles he would make a return, but he was there on Power Up again. Uh, so Phil Rudd has been around for lots and lots and lots of years, um, and there are rumors of ACDC still being around. Um Rat scabies, let's go into the punk world a little bit. I mean, Rat's an interesting case where, um, you know, he's been on and off, but he's been, uh, it's pretty cool that, okay, so so there was the, the reunion shows, and in those reunion shows of The Damned, um, it was Brian James that was looking pretty fragile, not moving around much, but Rat scabies did a great job, um, and Rat has also been creative in having his own band situation as well so he's he's cleaned himself up and done and done well over the years to stay to stay a drummer and we mentioned albert bouchard in that bill ward situation um kind of interesting and yeah at the at the retired at, at the retired end you know all the, you know a lot of these guys are sort of semi-retired i wanted to uh, not include guys that i thought um might still be around but they're but they've been kicked down to to minor bands uh and then even the situation of playing a bar gig versus versus playing a stadium gig I feel like is is a few levels down on on the on the whole stress level and and how you know it perfectly in tune you could be a little more casual about it but um so it's funny I kicked out a lot of those guys you know Vinnie Apice's kind of I suppose in in this situation so is Carmine you know frankly speaking right um but uh but yeah it's, it's cool to see them still going um you know at at the dead end of things we've got Dave Holland Richie Hayward, my fond memories of interviewing him on the bus when Little Feet came to Toronto one time. I mentioned John Bonham, mentioned Keith Moon, Neil Peart, Ginger Baker. Well, that's uh, you know, but but again, he was he was in fragile health for a lot of years. You know, back to the drumming jokes. You know, these guys. It feels like drummers have. Um, Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like uh, they they definitely, uh, you know, we're we're seeing much more unfortunate situations with drummers than other people. Cozy Powell, we know he died in a car crash. Mitch Mitchell, ill health for many years. Uh, He had um, immune system disorder, cancer, died at 62. Sandy West from The Runaways, died of lung cancer at 47. Tony Williams, the great fusion drummer, Miles Davis, Tony Williams' lifetime, heart attack at 51. I mentioned Mick Tucker before. Leave on Helm, we lost to throat cancer, 71. Keith Knudsen, um, Doobie Brothers, age 56 due to pneumonia. Jeff Percaro was a, a famous early case that was kind of blamed on cocaine, uh, 38 years old back in 1992. Nazareth, we lost uh, Daryl Sweet. We lost Eric Carr, although that was cancer. Cliff Davies from the Ted Nugent Group, we lost him due to medical issues. We lost Filthy Animal Taylor. Um, Vinnie Paul, who's not a 70s drummer, but uh, but there you go. There's another guy that we lost. Um, so I don't know. You tell me. Did I, did I make my case? Um, I, I really do feel that, um, you know, and, and drummers will also tell you that, you know, I, I, I feel there's a sense that drummers do have just overall generally um, the most physical job up there on stage. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. But the thing is, um, people overstate that as well. People who are not drummers overstate how physical. Oh, that must that must be a ton of work up there and stuff. Dr- drummers will tell you that playing fast things is not particularly much more of a bigger deal than playing slow things and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you know, it's all in the wrist and all that sort of stuff. So there's, there is, um, there is an overstatement of how physical the job of drumming is. Uh, most of it is just, is just, you know, flicking your wrists and stuff. And, and, you know, um, 
yeah, I mean, bouncing, you know, bouncing the sticks. And, you know, when you hear lots and lots of, you know, when you hear rolls and things like that, not particularly, uh, you know, uh, exerting a lot of force, uh, but, but you know, the, the, the layman out there hears a lot of beats, a lot of notes, right? Um, so there's a lot of noise coming from a drummer, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, when a band gets off, off stage, you know, the, the drummer is, is definitely soaked in sweat and they're the guys, and you know, that's why they're sitting there in their, in their shorts and no shirt on half the time doing, doing their job up there. Right. Um, so yeah, there, there is that. And like I say, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot more limbs, put it this way. There's a lot more limbs where you can have all these repetitive, strange uh, strain injuries really really all four of your limbs plus your back and neck um where you know a lot of the a lot of the injuries when it comes to drummers and bass players are i mean yeah i mean sorry guitarists and bass players are uh, are more like carpal tunnels type things you know very focused on elbows and hands and wrists and things like that uh some neck injuries as well you know and then there's the famous neck injuries and back injuries of uh, of the likes of a Jason Newstead and a John Schaefer from too much headbanging right and then of course of course the vocalists um are are dealing with that that fine very touchy small localized instrument called you know the vocal cords right um so they've got to deal with that um so anyways if you like this show and want support future episodes please go to ko-fi.com ko-fi uh, slash martin popoff hit that red support button buy me a coffee or a pint this week i would like to thank andy at black sugar transmission andy and i just talked uh he's part of my thin lizzie panel book uh so that was very cool thank you for that andy um Brandon Belt as well, Lee Clifford, Carl Isaacson, Augustin Garcia de Predis, Steve Polari, and David Sloan. Uh, for my books, I'm going to I start a thing at uh, Sea of Tranquility. I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom of my martinpopoff.com and uh, and just mention one book that uh, from the very bottom, anything that's in print. So uh, so I've gone through Southern Rock Review and the Collector's Guide to the 80s. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, all the books, uh, you can get my books at martinpopoff.com. PayPal button's there. I sign them, send them out from the office, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, uh, and that's about it. So, uh, let me know, go to the Facebook page. Let me know if, uh, if I'm right about, uh, drummers being a particularly hard job and, and a, uh, a position of, uh, of, uh, more pronounced casualty, uh, than the other parts of a rock band. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. 
I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.